All right then, well, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes greeting all of God's children this morning. Amen. All of the, those of you who have joined with us this morning for the creating a proud culture for God this morning, we, we thank you. We appreciate you this morning. We come this morning together in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning to study God's word together and to pray and comment on God's word, what we learned, amen. And so we do welcome all of you this morning, amen, to the creating a proud culture for God. We want to, for all of those that we didn't reach out to yesterday, thank all of our veterans, amen, whether they be active duty, retired, reserve, a National Guard, Coast Guard, the five branches of service this morning. We know that we have men and women deployed all over the world, and we know that we have a lot who have paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice, and who are deceased, but we thank God for every contribution that they made, every sacrifice that they made uh, to fight and, and, and win our wars, to fight and defend our way of life and protect our freedoms. Amen. And so we do not take it for granted. If you by chance run across a veteran or know of a veteran, if you did not thank them yesterday, if you see them throughout the year, just thank them for their service and for their sacrifice, regardless if they killed somebody, if they fought or was, uh, or was wounded or whatnot. So, too many times people think you're only a veteran if you went to war and killed somebody and got your leg blown off. But no, I always say if they serve one day, to me, they deserve the same appreciation. So if you know a veteran, thank them for, for their service, amen, because we don't want to take our freedoms for granted, and we don't want to take the freedom fighters for granted. So do that. Again, we have Pastor Eric on, who is a retired a, a war fighter, veteran, freedom fighter, and so, again, we thank him for his service. But we also extend that thanks to all of the family members who support them when they're downrange or they're deployed or whatever they're uh, doing, whether it be foreign or domestic soil that they're fighting, uh, they're, they're, they're protecting uh, our way of life and our freedoms. And so we thank God for those family members, those friends, those vet-friendly employers out there, Amen. They give free meals and do things to help and support our veterans even now in transition back to a normal life. So we just want to be thankful this morning for that. Thank God for my wife, who's also a veteran. Uh, thank God for my 30-year career. Thank God for all of my children that are, that are serving. Uh, my, our middle son and daughter, who's right now active duty up in Utah serving. <clears throat> our oldest son and his wife, who served in Yes, and our old, second oldest daughter's husband that served in the Signal Corps. And so my dad who served in World War II, amen, my daughter-in-law father who served. So we just have so much to be thankful for, nephews that are serving right now. So we give God praise for just all of my family's contributions to the, to the military as well as yours. So much to be thankful for. Never take our freedom for granted. Somebody paid the ultimate price and somebody's still paying the price today. So remember those veterans, amen. Buy them a free meal sometimes or something like that and just let them know you appreciate them. If you're working in a uh, in a in a uh, one of those positions where you're able to help them find jobs or do whatever, if you ride by them on the street and they tell you they're homeless veterans, kick them 20 bucks, man. Don't go through the, all the changes about what they're going to do with it. You know, you just do the right thing. Kick them 20 bucks. Uh, we do it all the time and we love it. We used to question it, but today we don't. We just be led by the spirit. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's a good thing to feel good that you did something. You gave arms to help somebody. You never know. God might, that might be an angel you're entertaining unawares. And so we thank God for our veterans. Amen. We appreciate them. 
We love them, amen. We pray for them in Jesus' name that they get all the care and support that they deserve and have earned when they transition back, amen. All right then, well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you, uh, our prayer partners, prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, men and women of God that are, that are on the line this morning, those that are joining us from around the world out there on the 45-plus uh, podcast platforms this morning, those who have come in on Cashbox Live listening to us this morning. We just welcome all of you. Obviously, you have a concern about the condition that's going on in our nation and in our world and in your country, wherever you might be. Uh, I do know that we're in other countries right now. This is being aired in all the states across the United States of America, seven territories. Uh, this this is going out to all of those listeners out there because there are people that are hungry. We know we have clergy that are chiming in, listening to the message, praying with us. Amen. So we thank God for all of that, even though we may not physically be gathering a particular assembly, but we're gathering together on this virtual church mall, amen, that has been created by God that we may circulate his word and his instruction, amen. And we've been talking about the revelations of Jesus Christ. We started a teaching in the book of John. We're in chapter five right now. And and so we thank God it's really been revelatory. It's been eye-opening. It's been encouraging and uplifting and fulfilling. And we're going to dive back in here this morning. A particular uh, subject matter we've been dealing with is the revelation about the rejection of the claims that Jesus made by about himself. And even there were tons of witnesses who witnessed those things uh, firsthand, face-to-face. And then you had the word that testified about him. You had his father who testified about him. The Holy Spirit testified about him. And it just brings me to a conclusion that uh, what is wrong with people when you got so, I thought when you went to court or when you was, uh, accusation was made and when you presented evidence, that was the end of it. And then when you brought in a live witness, that was show enough evidence. Everything was stacked in your favor. But it's amazing to me how much uh, how much rejection that Jesus received from the very people that was his own people, even the, the, the Hebrews and the Jews and all those people that was his actual people, where he came from, his lineage, his family, you know. But he said a prophet is not even welcome in his own home. He said your foe going to be of your own household. That's why I love what he said in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 20, 21, as they were telling him about his mother and his and his brothers and sisters. You know, he had like four brothers and, 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 and uh, two sisters and and his mother. And, and they were just telling him that they were there looking at him and listening to him. And Jesus, man, he blew my mind. He says, hold up, my kinsmen, you know, he says, is those who hear my father's word and do it. And so, you know, the way we look at things and the way he looked at things is so far away from each other that it's like the north separated like the north is from the south, the east from the west. And so he is a kinsman redeemer. In other words, Jesus redeems those who he wants to be a part of his family. He constantly does that. He's always done that. That's his nature. Amen. And that's why he came to earth to seek and to save that which was lost because he's a kin, a kinsman redeemer. He's redeeming folks out of drugs. He's redeeming folks out of poverty. He's redeeming folks, man, out of the pig pens of life that have that have gone out. Prodigal sons and daughters. He, he's seeking and saving the lost. He's encouraging the backslider to come back. 
So he is that kinsman redeemer. He's trying to help those uh, those gays and out there that have fallen into that abominable lifestyle. He's not condemning them. He's trying to redeem them because he's a kinsman redeemer. And many have been saved. Many have restored and recovered their identity. And he's still the day to save you. He's still the day as his name is lifted up, drawing men and women out of that solicited lifestyle. And then there are those who uh, suffer from some type of xenophobia, some type of phobia about things. He's also, man, a kinsman redeemer for them. And then you got those 4,200 different denominations out there who struggle with the deity of Jesus Christ. He's still the kinsman redeemer for them. And so there should be no doubt about who he is and who he say he is. Whatever claims he makes about himself or anyone else that knew him, such as John the Baptist, who avoids crying in the wilderness, make way for the coming of the Lord. And he came and John said, man, he must increase so that I can decrease. And the Lord has been increasing, enlarging his territory. At least I can personally say on the creating a prayer culture for God. I remember a few years back where we started from and I'm looking at now where we are now. He's constantly recruiting others to join this this awesome culture. Amen. And we give him all of the glory. So he is a kinsman redeemer. You know, he claimed to be one and he is one. He's redeeming folks right now as we speak. We are the redeemed of the Lord, and we come to this culture every morning to say so. We come to this creating a prayer culture for God to say so, that we are the redeemed of the Lord. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been set free, amen, by Jesus Christ, because he claimed to be the Savior of the world, and he saved us, amen. And he said to John in the book of John chapter uh, 21, verse, 20, verse 31, these things are given to you, these revelations, these, these unfolding of these mysteries, this truth. He said it's given to you, amen, so that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that through him you can enter into eternal life. There's no other way. It's all documented right there in the Word. So we want to pick up our discussion this morning. We've been kind of hanging around in the book of John, the fifth chapter, spending some extra time because it's so compacted with so much rich, rich treasure and revelation that we don't want to rush through nothing and uh, and throw some stuff against the wall like a ball of spaghetti and let it run down all, all over the place. But we want to take our time because revelation is about unveiling, revealing, unfolding, opening up an envelope. And seeing what is all packed into that, maybe one passage of scripture, it may be one precept, it may be just one verse, but we want to try to get all that's in there contained in there because that's the beauty of revelations about Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't want to miss anything or rush through anything. So we still want to talk about uh, the revelation of the rejection of Jesus Christ's claims and just kind of see if any of us been guilty of any of that or try to understand why those who were closest to him, why would they go away rejecting who he said he was when he said, if you're not going to believe me for who I say I am, then believe me for the work that I do. Amen. And so let's get started in here. Uh, a reference scripture I want to use this morning. Some of you have heard it before. I'm just going to use it again. And it's in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 11, the King James Bible. And it says this. So then when claims are rejected about Jesus Christ, the best place to uh, to go to be able to debunk any and all false claims about him is the word of God. Now, that's my, my opening statement there. Go to the word. That'll debunk any claim or anything that people say about Jesus Christ. Because you're going to encounter a lot of questions about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people out there just don't believe that he's a, he's, he's a savior. He, you know, that, he, he's, that he's the son of God. 
But that's the best place to go to debunk all of that, especially his own words and those of eyewitnesses and the truth that cannot be annulled or disproved. Next, search the word. We learn back in, the, in verse 37, I want to say it is in the fifth chapter of the book of John. It says, search the scripture. That's a command from God. Search the scripture. He's trying to eliminate all of the opinions, all of the, you know, the religious folks. He says, hey, all the assumptions. He says, search the scriptures if you want to know, because they testify of me. You know, we love that scripture. You know, we reference that scripture. That's the key right there, especially when you're talking about his own words. The scripture is his own word. Next, you search that word and listen to what it says here in quote. Uh, you know, open quote, he said, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. That's key right there now, daily. You know, you can't miss three or four days in a week or something, man, not searching. And then all of a sudden you come back seven days later and you hear something, you be like, where did they get that from? You know, you don't miss, the, the, you know, the six days leading up to that or, or however long. But he said they searched it daily. And then and, and he goes on to say whether these things were so, you know, if you want to know, that's what he's telling them. This is what Paul and them did. You know, they were so busy bodies, man, taking care of the widows and taking care of the orphans and doing so much work. And the Lord had called them and consecrated them and separated them for a sacred purpose, which was the teaching and preaching of the gospel. He said, look out on, 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 on the congregation, man, and find you some people that have a good spirit in them, that, that, that follow you as you follow Christ, you know, that have a readiness of mind to learn and give those responsibilities to them. And you search the scriptures. You go into prayer and, and searching the word every day. So that you can speak to the people now with the tongue of the learned and not the tongue of the ignorant. That, that was the purpose for them doing that. Amen. And so it should be the same for us today. You know, don't come and try to bait me with the word if you ain't studied the word. And I spent all my day studying the word. You know, I'm just going to probably listen at you, man. And when I've had enough, I'm just going to probably cut you off and tell you don't know what you're talking about. Not to be mean or anything like that. But, you know, you if you ain't been through, I tell you all the time, if you haven't been through nothing, you that means you really haven't learned anything. You can't really tell me too much. You can, but it's not going to stick, you know, because, see, I, I've been tested. I, I can't speak for nobody else. I can speak for my wife. I can speak for some yes. folks. But, but I can back up my confession with the word. You know, because it's the word of God that got me to this point in life. You know, I don't get no man, no credit. I don't even give myself no credit. Take no, even though I worked hard. But now that I know and I've spent so much time in the word, I know that it was God. And if he had not have been on my side, I don't know where I would have been. I ain't going to be talking about how good I am, how great I am, even though I, I, I had a few successes in life. But it was God all along. He had this day in mind when I would be on this call this time of morning doing what I'm doing. And when I started searching those scriptures seriously, I started discovering these revelations. I started finding out, man, it wasn't because you were lucky. It wasn't because you looked so good. It wasn't because you dressed so well. It wasn't because you worked so hard. Had nothing to do with it. It was all about the finished work of Jesus Christ on that cross. And he had already predetermined that I was going to be saved at 37 years old. And I, once I got saved, I was going to be saved. It wasn't going to be no hypocrite and hitting and missing. I was going to be all in. And I give him all of the credit. I give him all of the praise for that. I couldn't save myself. He saved me just in time. And for that, I'm grateful and look forward to studying the word daily so I can tell somebody else about him. Amen. And so, 
uh, you know, we want to always be able to look at the scripture references, search the scripture to be able to determine things. Read you one more scripture just to kind of set the tone. And then we're going to go to uh, verses uh, 40, amen, and pick up our discussion. And it's a very, very uh, uh, old passage of scripture in the Minor Prophets. Uh, I try to teach people that the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is really all about Jesus Christ. I know it deals with a lot of cultural issues that they were, they were, the cultures were dealing with, the tongue, the tribes were dealing with, but the main theme in there was about Jesus because in the beginning was the word, meaning it was Jesus. Jesus is the word of God, the living word of God. And, and the word was with God. Jesus was with God. Okay. And the word was God. Jesus was God in the beginning. So the word has been around longer than anything, anybody, any of us. And it's going to be around because heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. So if you start with the word, you're starting with Jesus and you can go through life with Jesus and you can end with Jesus and you will get to spend eternity with Jesus. It's just that simple. Who in the world would not want a deal like that? Who would want to pass up and neglect so great a salvation that once was beginning to be spoken when Jesus was on this earth? He came to this earth as the incarnated word of God. And so it's been prophesied all the way back to the beginning of this age that Jesus Christ was going to come. Amen. And he was going to be the light in the life of every man. And if anybody received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And once, once that word speaks to you, right then and there, it says, now with the manifestation of the sons of God. Without the word, you can't become a son of God. And that's not... That's not gender specific. It's talking about uh, 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 that, that encompasses men and women, the son of God. It's a masculine term he's using there, you know, saying that you, you move into a different category of people, a person or individuals, you know, a group of people changes everything. God is all always about uh, uh, preeminence and, and supremacy, you know, above anything. So when you move into his family, you can't go any higher than that. You know, when you become his children, you can't get any higher than that. You know, you can't, you know, because he's the only father. So you can't go above him. But at best, all we can do, Pastor Jeremy, is become his sons. That's right. You know, and so some people want to go above God. And that's where they get in trouble at. So let me read you this one scripture right here, man. And then we're going to get down here to verse 40. And it's out of the book of Michael. It says, but thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Now, he's talk, this prophet is talking about God's son, you know. The, the, the spirit of God came on him, and he could see things in the spirit realm that was all the way back there, man. And he's saying, yeah, he's going to come all the way through all those 14, 42 generations, Amen. And we, this is where the word comes in at. So, cause we can go back there and look at unto us, a child is born, a son is given, you know, his name shall be called wonderful counsel, mighty God, Prince of peace, everlasting father of his government. There should be no end. It should be upon his show. See, we can go all the way back there, man, and trace what was foretold. And here's a minor prophet doing the same thing. And then you got Zechariah, you know, chapter 3, verse 8, the King James Bible. You got Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1, the King James Bible. You know, you have all of these prophetic references to the coming of Jesus. And verse 40 in this chapter says this, And ye will not come to me 
that ye might have life. I am the only one who can give you eternal life. No one else can. That's what Jesus is saying. You won't come to me for eternal life. You come to me for everything else. You want your toenail healed. You want your broken arm fixed. You want all this stuff. You know, you want me to deliver you from this. You want me to open this door. But you won't come to me, amen, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But you want all these other things. And so he's telling them right there, I am the only one who can give you eternal life. No one else can. Presidents can't, kings, queens can't, preachers can't, bishops, apostles, prophetess, you know, false teachers, false, it cannot do it. Brothers, sisters, prayer partners, they can't do it. Rather than believe in my claims, you reject and deny them. In other words, to deny and reject my claims is to neglect your salvation. You ain't hurting Jesus. He says, all must meet my conditions for receiving eternal life. No man's, okay, but mine, says the Lord, must be willing to renounce the world, okay? In the book of uh, Luke, chapter 18, verse 20, the King James Bible says this. That's again, that's the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 28 and 30, the King James Bible says this. Then Peter said, lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no man that have left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake. Okay? Who shall not receive manifold or more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting? What Jesus is saying is this. You know, don't kid yourself. You know, you can't fool God. You can't fake it to make it. Ain't none of us fall into that category. And Jesus knows as much as people lie sometimes that pastor, you just don't know. Even my wife and I, when we retired and went into full-time ministry, there is still so much growing and maturing and things that we fall short in that we're trying to do. And we know we're not going to be able to do it. We're not going to be able to do anything compared to what Jesus said, but that's okay. We're going to do the very best we can do with what we have as long as we can. And we're okay with that. Don't need to be, there's no need to ever condemn yourself because you don't feel like you're doing enough. Whatever it is your hands is finding to do, do it all to the glory of God. That's all he requires. Remember, we're not going to be able to go above him. There, there is a level that God has called us to, faith, faith to faith, you know, strength to strength, glory to glory. And once you're on your way right there, just continue to let God perform the work that he began in you. Notice what he says. Now, he who has begun a good work, that's in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He who has begun a good work in us, let him continue that work until the day he returns. See, that's the work right there, is to be able to humbly submit yourself to God and know that it is God who's working through you. And the hardest thing for people to do sometimes is to accept the will of God. We feel like I got to go out here and do something. I got to make something happen, you know. And then you get into that self-condemnation, that self-righteousness, that self-will, you know. And God is not getting no glory out of that. I always say, the weaker I am, the stronger he is. Yes. And so what I can do is say, I'm, I'm strong because he's strong. That's why he said, let the weak say I'm strong. You know, the broker I am sometimes, the wealthier I am because it forces me now to look to God to supply all my needs. And so then I say, hey, if I'm if I'm rich, if I'm poor, then I'm rich in Christ, you know, because the blessings of the Lord, according to the book of Proverbs, you know, chapter uh, 22 and 10, it said that 10 and 22. I'm sorry. He said that the blessings of the Lord make you rich. Now, notice the blessings of the Lord make you rich and he added no sorrow. 
And he added no sorrow, meaning God had no sorrow. He gives you everything is complete. It's not broken, nothing lacking, nothing missing. And we have to believe those claims that he made, that he's going to supply all of our need according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. The book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 is right there. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have to believe those claims. But it's amazing to me, some folks will segregate out and believe some claims and then won't believe the others. And see, we got to be all in. We got to eat this whole loaf and we expect it to prosper us. Amen. Just like Luke says right there. Uh, so we have to put our total faith in Jesus Christ as we read in the book of John chapter 3, verse 14 to 15, uh, verse 36 of the King James Bible. It says, uh, as, he says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He that believeth on the son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And that's in the book of John chapter three, verses 15, I mean, 14 through 15 and verse 36. That's the King James Bible. That's another claim. If you don't believe on him, ain't no way you're going to have life or life eternal. It's just not going to happen. You know, we have to be able to serve God. You know, spiritual service is very important. Matter of fact, it's a requirement. As we read in the book of John, chapter four, verse 35 and verse 36, the King James Bible, it says, say ye not that there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already with plenty, with plenty harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto uh, life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So now what he's telling you here is you're going to sow a lot of things physically. You know, you a lot of you are giving, you do alms, you help people, you give a lot of your time to good causes. But he's saying, hey, don't neglect that you have a spiritual account in heaven. You got to make sure you lay up some spiritual stuff in your spiritual bank account that cannot be stolen, broken in and stolen by thieves and cannot be eaten by moth and rust. So don't forget that. OK, don't forget to sow you some spiritual seed. Amen. And the word is that spiritual seed. Sow it in your own life so that it, it, it becomes uh, it becomes uh, easier for you to sow it into somebody else's life. Don't too many people trying to sow something in somebody else's life that they haven't fully eaten yet. They haven't fully letting it take root in them. You know, and so that's what he's saying. Even in the book of John, chapter five, verse 24, the King James Bible says this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Point I'm making right there. You know, he says, look, you know, he that heareth my word and believeth him that sent me. A lot of people hear the word, but they don't believe all that they hear. And don't say that this came from God, man. People, how you know that's from God? You got his word. You know, don't debunk. These are the claims that he made. These are the revelations that he gave John. So don't get into no debate about it. Just believe it. Uh, over in chapter six of the book of John, chapter six, verse 40, King James Bible says this. And this is the will of him that sent me. God's will. Jesus came to represent that will and reveal that will that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Got to believe that claim. OK, don't 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 reject this claim. These are claims that are being made by John, the beloved of the father. God gave him the revelation. Amen. Laid on his bosom, had a relationship with him. 
And then we, we must be willing sometime to make self-sacrifice. Get me out the way. Amen. Get me out the way. Okay. And just let God be God in my life. You know, come to him and believe that he who he say is and that he's going to do everything he said he's going to do. And he's a reward of those who diligently seek after him. Over in the book of John chapter 12, verse 25, the King James Bible says this. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. And so once you get saved, you give up the right to be offended. You give up the right to all that other stuff. And now, you know, you're available to God for however God want to use you, whatever God want to do. You know, you waive that right. We must maintain some level of revelation knowledge about God. You can't go through this life, man, talking about you know man or woman of God and don't have no revelation knowledge about him. Where do you get it from? Search the scriptures. As we look in the book of John chapter 17, verse uh, three, the King James Bible says this, and this is life eternal. Listen to me. This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou have sent. Now, there's a lot of people out here, celebrities and all kind of other folks going about uh, trying to create their own righteousness, telling people there's more than one way to get to heaven. The devil is a lie. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse six, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yeah. Except a man be born again, born from above or the water and spirit. He can't even see the kingdom of God. Definitely can't enter it except to be born of the water and of the spirit. That's talking about that natural birth. Then that spiritual birth. Mm -hmm. Ain't no way you're going to get into heaven without that. The Bible said, if you try to come any other way, you come as a thief and a robber. Mm -hmm. We must be capable of sowing to the spirit. We just talked about that a minute ago. Don't forget your heavenly bank account. You know, all that you do here on earth is one thing to sustain you, okay? But you're going to carry those good works with you. But I first got to get into heaven, you know? And so I got to make sure I keep in mind that heavenly bank account and sow some seeds to that account. Uh, the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, the King James Bible says this, For he that soweth to his flesh shall, shall of the flesh reap corruption, you know, here and then. But... He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Okay. After this life. So remember that you do have that account up there. Amen. You do have that account up there in heaven that's waiting for you. So let's drop down here, man, to verse 41. And it says, I receive not honor from men. Uh, God give us all uh, uh, this, this proof and witness and witnesses of his claims and many folk instead of just believing would rather be self-willed about his claims which leads to self-justification and self-condemnation followed by self-will instead of submission to god's will you know and he says this right here in the book of deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 43 the king james bible so this is all the way back there now this argument is coming up he says so i spake unto you and ye would not hear but rebelled against the commandments of the Lord and went presumptuously unto uh, unto the hill. Okay, uh, so 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 you went into the hill because you was mad, you was frustrated, you know, you you just assumed some things. He's talking about his his people Israel now, and their leaders. You know, God was speaking to them, but they they didn't want to hear it. Therefore, the people were denied hearing it. You know, because you got to remember now. They were Abraham's seed. They were, you know, they were, they were Moses's people. You know, they, they believed in the old law, in the old covenant, you know, but they was failing it left and right, you know. And so God is now looking down the road and saying, okay, I'm going to have to send them a redeemer. Because if you're not keeping all the law, you're not keeping none of the law. 
It's just that simple. Uh, and then we go on down here to verse 42, and we're getting ready to come in here. Uh, verse 42 here, let's see what he says here in verse 42. And, you know, this is, it's amazing to me how Jesus Christ can, can read the heart of men in every generation. That's what I love about him. You know, he knows the heart, the thoughts. You can't get nothing by him. Verse 42, and we're getting ready to close. He says, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. It is amazing to me how Jesus Christ can read the hearts of men and women, read mine. Nobody, and I mean nobody, gets anything by him. I'm, I'm the first one to admit that. This is why many folks stay away from teaching and preaching about the revelations and claims of Jesus Christ. I had to dive in because I know it ain't no place to hide, ain't no place to run. God is all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, and all-benevolent. So I had to give that up. That, that, that's crazy to do that when you don't really know God is omnipresent. He says, this is why so many deny and reject him and his teachings and his preachings. Why? Because Jesus Christ can and have and will read your mail, meaning your heart, your spirit, your soul, what is in your thoughts. Jesus Christ knows the secrets of every heart, yet we reject his claims to protect, our, to protect his own uh, or those of them who have deceived, who have been deceived or, uh, or deceived us or have lied to us and have lied to themselves and have lied to others. Book of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 11, the King James Bible says it this way. Hell and destruction are both before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men? That's very wise words right there, man. You know, book of Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 12, the King James Bible. Check out this. He says, but, O Lord of hosts, thou triest the righteous and seeth the ruin, the reins and the heart. Talking about your inner parts, what's, what's on the inside. We can paint up the outside, make it look real good, but the stain is on the inside. He said, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Boy, look at Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah trying to treat God like God didn't know what Jeremiah was going through. Mm -hmm. That's how we try to do sometimes. God knows everything. You don't have to, Let God take care of vengeance. Let God repay who, who he going to repay. Let him reward who he going to reward. Let the weed and tail grow together. God going to take care of it. Don't deny his claims. Don't deny what he said he's going to do. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Uh, you know, we can't hide nothing from Jesus Christ when he knows uh, our every thought. The book of Matthew chapter 12, our last verse, uh, the King James Bible, chapter 25, verse chapter 12, verse 25. Again, that's the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, the King James Bible uh, says this, and I'm also going to read uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 18, the King James Bible. And we're going to end after these two verses. And verse 25 of the 12th chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 12, King James Bible says this, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to the desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. That's some good stuff right there, y'all. I don't care what level of division, if it's against itself, it cannot stand. Verse 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 18, the King James Bible, the book of Matthew says this, but Jesus perceived, I told you he can read the heart of mine. Uh -huh. Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? So don't be no hypocrite. God knows everything. 
thoughts of far everything. The hair on your head, nothing gets by God. We're going to end right there this morning. Okay, we must believe the claims of God. We must believe that God is all knowing. He claimed to be all knowing. He perceived thoughts afar. He knows everything. We can't hide nothing. Our integrity got to get by him. And so he's all knowing. Believe that claim. He's all present. Believe that claim. Okay, he's all powerful. Believe that claim. And he's all benevolent. I mean, he's all loving, too. So believe that claim. Everything he says is true. It's up to us that we choose to believe it. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor this morning for this transformation that's taking place, God. We are moving from rejecting who you say you are to believing that you are who you say you are. And you will do what to say you would do. We're praying this morning, Lord God, that, that this belief will extend to all those who are hearing these present teachings this morning, this word, these revelations of how so many that were so close to him and days gone by rejected him, Lord God, rejected those who witnessed about him, even the word that was spoken about him. But Father, we're praying today in the name of Jesus. That for all those, Lord God, that are within the sound of our voice, Lord God, in our reach, that are out there, Lord God, across the world, Lord God, that is hearing actually these, these words of scripture this morning, these teachings, oh Lord God, these unveilings, these revealings this morning, these warnings, oh God, these prophecies, oh Lord God, that some have been fulfilled and some are being fulfilled and some are yet to be fulfilled. That God, as they're hearing these words, some for the first time, some have heard them more than once. God, that even right now, this word is beginning to minister. This word is beginning to penetrate. This word is beginning to quicken. This word is beginning to be powerful and sharp yes, than any two-edged sword, cutting asunder yes. between the dividing of the soul and the spirit, yes. the bone and the marrow. And it is in, 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 in discerning right now the intent and the thoughts of the heart of everyone that's hearing it this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for how you perceive, Lord God, how the wickedness that is in man's heart. But you also perceive, God, the goodness that is in man's heart. And you are fair, God. You're an equitable God. And, Father, you reward those who diligently seek after you. And, God, you punish those who reject and deny you, even now in this age and the age to come, Father God. And so, Father, we thank and praise you this morning that the lost out they're having a chance to hear this word that they may receive salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we thank and pray you this morning that the backsliders are hearing this word and they knowing that it's okay to repent and come back to you who are married to the backsliders. We thank and pray you this morning, Lord God, that we're speaking to the prodigal sons and daughters who have left their mothers and fathers home and gone out here into this world or thinking they're ready to take on the challenge of life. But God, there can be no taking on without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Only failure awaits them in the pig pens of this life. Life and society. But God, we're praying that they hear the word this morning and know that it's okay to return back to their first love because God, you are always the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you do not change. And so, Father, we thank and praise you this morning that we pray for those who are in that abominable lifestyle right now, who have forfeited their identity, their original identity, oh Lord God, because you made a man a man and a woman a woman, and God, you said it's an abomination that they leave the natural use of their bodies and going after that inordinate thing called lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. So we're calling them right now back into the fold in the name of Jesus. We're praying for their deliverance. We're praying for their salvation. We're praying, Lord God, that you will break them free and break them out of that sinful lifestyle, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. 
man lying with a man and a woman with a woman. Break that cycle. Break that darkness. Break that abomination, Lord God, and free their very souls and spirit, Lord God, that they may repent of their sins and return back to you. Open their blind eyes right now. Even those that are straight, call themselves straight, but in their heart of hearts, they live on the phobia, Lord God. They learn live on the, Lord God, a false uh, idea of souls, oh God, you, because you say you love souls and all souls are yours and he who wins souls are wise. And so give them the proper perspective, oh God, about souls and about soul winning. Give them strategies of how to love the sinner, but hate the sin, Lord God, and not cross the line where they end up hating the sinner, Lord God, and loving the sin, oh Lord God, and so and hating the sin. But Father, we thank and praise you this morning, oh Lord God, for salvation for all of those, oh God. And we praying right now for the mature and the immature that this will be the day of the Lord unto them, that they'll understand, Lord God, that it's time to set aside some things oh God and get into the word of God as Paul and, and, and those just followers oh God as you told them Lord God to study the word oh Lord God get in the word oh Lord God set aside those things that are occupying so much of your time and block out some time to study the word of God that we may show ourselves approved unto you Lord God a workman who need not be ashamed that we might rightly divide the word of truth and so we're thanking and praise you for protecting our schedules oh Lord God that we give man what is due man Lord God those eight hours those nine hours those ten hours on his job but Lord God for the rest of that 24-hour period. Let us block out some time, quality time, where we spend it studying your word and searching the scriptures that we may know the mysteries and the revelation about the claims that Jesus Christ have made about himself, Lord God, and about things to come and about those who follow him, Lord God, that we might be able to believe that he is the son of God, Lord God, and that we can have eternal life only through him, Lord God, as John wrote in the book of John. So we give you praise, glory, and honor. We're praying now for those 4,200 denominations out there who struggle with the deity of Jesus Christ, praying that something was said this morning, Lord God, that it quickened something in their thoughts, something in their spirit, that they know, God, that if they search the scriptures, you will reveal yourself to them. You'll reveal everything that they need to the, through the prophets, the major prophets, the minor prophets, things that were foretold of old, Lord God, and things that are fresh and new right now, Lord God, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, and we give you all the praise of now. Now, we pray for our nation today. We pray as they go through this political cycle of election, Lord God. We're praying for fair elections, oh God. We're praying for fair vote count, ballot count. And God, we believe at the end of the day, Lord God, the man or the woman, Lord God, that you have exalted, that you, God, have raised up will sit, Lord God, in that office in this country. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it right now in the name of Jesus. We bind up any work of the enemy to try to steal this, God, try to make this corrupt, try to turn this around, try to profit off of this. And God, we're just speaking victory over it, peace over it right now, the will of God over it right now. We're demanding and declaring right now that it's all going to turn around and work out together for all the good of those voters, oh God, those 76 million who voted for the for the Biden-Harris and those 72 million, Lord, that voted for the Trump and, and, and Pence, oh God. And so, Father, your will be done your in way. the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Lord, and as we prepare to, uh, right now for this, this recall vote, this recount vote that's coming up here in the state of Georgia, Lord God, for Brother War Reverend Warnick, Warnock and uh, uh, Brother Osof, God, we're just praying in the name of Jesus that it is time for change in the Senate. It's time for change, oh Lord God, in, the, in, in, in our government. It's time for change in these four dynasties, oh Lord God. We need the righteous people in charge. 
that the people can prosper and we need the wicked to be taken out, God. Father, so that people no longer be tormented. So we give you praise, go now. Let your will be done now. In Jesus' name, we will never ever deny your claim because you are who you say you are and God, you will do what you said you're going to do. We give you praise, go now, now that your will be done through it all. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, Pastor Sharon. Praise and praise and praise and I just want to um, pick up on one point that Pastor Luster was making. He said, 